Next Chapter Podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 500, the 500, J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to new. Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend, the king of these for Angelo, talking the 500 until the end, talking the 500 until the end. With my man J.M. On the 500, talking the 500 until the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. All right, please silence all cell phones. No table talk. Keep it to a minimum. And are you guys ready to start a comedy show tonight? All right, give it up for your host for the evening, the one and only, Josh Adam Myers. Oh, man. That takes me back to the Hollywood Improv, because this is the song they played to bring up the host every show after this came out. The song is Power. It's by Kanye West, a genius from his 2010 record, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It's also number 353 out of 500 on the 500. What is up? How are you? Good, police army. I love you guys. Uh, Stuff is going well for me right now. I just uh, did the jam in Los Angeles at the Comedy Store. Uh, I wanna thank everybody that came out. Uh, We're gonna be doing it monthly. It, it was a clusterfuck because originally the lineup was Bill Burr, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Jay Farrow, and Melissa Villasenor. And then by the time we did the show, it was Mark Marin, Jeff Ross, Fortune Feimster, Melissa Villasenor, and the Sklars. Uh, a lot of people that have uh, done the podcast, which is really cool. Also, uh, I am trying to get Mark Marin. We will get Mark Marin. I want everybody that's listening to tweet at Mark Marin and say, hey, do the 500. We need to get him on. He is the curmudgeon that I want to talk to. It's so funny too, because he's like, he'll be like mean to me up front at the show and he'll like barely say anything to me. And I was like, yeah, I moved to New York. He goes, New York sucks. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, the comedy seller is pretty cool. Nah, what about New York Comedy Club? That's terrible. I was like, Jesus Christ. 
And by the end of the show, after he was done shredding on guitar, he's like talking to me like, so how you doing, Josh? You good? You, uh, New York's great for you, man. I think it's going to do great. All the clubs out there are the shit. Have fun. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can see me every night of the week. Uh, I'm at the Comedy Cellar here in New York City. I'm at the Stand, my two home clubs. Uh, I love it. Check my uh, website, joshadammyers.com, for all tickets. Uh, I'll be at Moon Tower Comedy Festival September 22nd through the 25th. I'll be at Skankfest in November. I'll be at JFL Escapes in November. Uh, I'll be in Edmonton. I'll be in D.C. That If that ever fucking happens, because it keeps getting canceled, D.C., you know, fucking... Delta variant. You heard about the Delta variant? Get ready for the Lambda. Lambda's gonna kick our ass. Vaccinations don't work. I just want to kick those people right in the scrot. Uh, and then I'll be in Vancouver and Edmonton, a whole bunch of good venues. Uh, and uh, I'll be in LA next month. And I'll be doing the jam out here in New York. Uh, we got an announcement coming soon. It's gonna be great. Uh, join the Patreon. To all the people that have joined the Patreon, thank you so much for supporting the 500 and all the employees that I have. For $5 or more, $5 or more a month, you can support this show. Go to patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. If you listen to this podcast and you love this podcast and you're not paying $5 a month or you're not buying from our sponsors, you are kicking us right in the kashluki. So sign up, guys. We need it. We need your help. We want to keep this going. Uh, your support makes that possible, okay? Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. And if you can't do that, subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com backslash Josh Adam Myers. It's my YouTube, my personal thing. I, I should post more stuff, and I will eventually one day um, when I have time. Um, but you can uh, subscribe. Annihilate that subscribe button. All right, let's talk about Kane West. Um, this is just that dude. This is that dude from my era that transcends music. He transcends fashion. He transcends pop culture. Um, it's insane to know that I worked for Keeping Up With The Kardashians, his wife, and God, because she was dating Reggie Bush when I was working on the show. How dope would that have been? if she was dating Kanye back then and then I could have been like hey what's up dude you know I'm gonna do your album on my podcast and he would have been like go get me a water um I've always dug his music I remember listening to uh the first record on my way back from Philadelphia to Baltimore with my buddy Evan uh underground pizza fame we talk about it all the time on here and he played that whole record and I was like man this is special this is a different hip hop record and it was very easy to fall in love with it um and then, you know, the next album comes out, you gold digger, and just keep going and going and going. So his music has always kind of been there in my life, especially in my my story of Los Angeles. Um, I'm actually very excited for Donda. I'm really excited to see what he does because I've listened to the other albums as I was prepping for this, and I was like, man, he is really pushing the limits. And I have a guest today that has been there in the hip-hop world as he started, as he was working, and now, and he is huge. Saif is also the host of Juan Ep is Life podcast with Peter Rosenberg. He has another podcast called Talk Clearlier, and that is with Will Sylvans. Uh, you can check all that stuff out uh, on Saifa's Instagram page, and that is at Saifa Sounds. Uh, Saif is my good buddy. He's a great comic, but he's also an incredible 
a hip hop historian, hip hop DJ. You know him from Hot 97. Uh, he was the VJ uh, and host of uh, Laugh Mobs, Laugh Tracks on True TV. Uh, he knows everybody. Everybody knows him. He is the man. And it couldn't get us to a better place on this podcast than, than having anybody but him. This is the one. Enjoy this. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on all platforms. If you're listening on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Come on, guys. Follow me. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Well, nothing left to say, but here we go with 353, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy by Kanye West. West, we're about to start the podcast. Namaste. What's up, man? What's up, dude? You all right? <laughs> I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm still tired recovering. Fuck, bro. Yeah, I mean, this is your choice. You chose 11. We could have done bro, 2 p.m., bro. Nah, I'm done. I'm out by two. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I got four hip hop shows to fucking to do. Uh, bro, <laughs> I, got, I got two. I got two kids. So I'm up at seven no matter what. Like, I hit that fucking bed at 530. It doesn't matter, you know? <laughs> so I purposely went for a run just to make sure I wasn't like. My, it's got some blood flowing, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nuts. This life is nuts. You know, the only the only way I can describe what you just said to me is, I'm lost in the world. It's, it's, I never drank before, so I'm assuming, like my waking up for my kids is me being hungover. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, dude. That's I mean, that's just as bad as like waking waking up after like a full night of partying and and yeah, slamming and shots. I've never been a person that can go back to sleep. Like I can't sleep in the daytime, so I'm up. I'm just up. Well, let's just dive into it then. Okay. So, yo yo, my, be- my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Um, this is what's so great about having you on this one is you, you were there for this, right? Am I right or am I wrong about that? Because that's what I assume. I just assume, that anything, that, I just assume that anything that's happened in hip hop in the last 20 years, like you're in the corner, like, yo, anybody want to I was around. <laughs> I was around a lot. This, first of all, I've been <laughs> wanting to do this podcast forever, man. I love and that. I love this podcast. I love how it's what you do with it, the concept of it. And every time you do a hip hop album, I'm like, Oh, I should have been on that one. That's my episode. <laughs> You've been asked. You you have been asked, and it just didn't work out. It, it, that's a hundred. Oh. But this is. But this one, uh, I don't know why, but I feel like it fits perfectly because this when one, I saw, yeah, when this I this lot, yeah, because I saw you when I talked to you in front of the in front of the seller the other night about this, and I was just like, I mean, you like kind of know Kanye, and you've been there, and you're like, dude, yeah. So I right, so so two thousand. First of all, I just want to go back because. So, so this came out November 2nd, November 22nd, 2010. So like, yeah. what are, where are you at in your life at that time? I'm, I'm on hot 97 popping. 
Like, <laughs> like, like I was an intern in 1997, worked my way up to the morning show. So I got the morning show 2007. So now it's 2010. I got the number one morning show on the number one hip hop station in the number one market in the country. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm yeah. popping. And, the, you know, I, and I also it gets hazy because I did so much stuff, but I, but I work, I'm, I, I've always been down with Rockefeller. I was an A&R at Rockefeller from seven Oh seven to Oh nine. So like I was around all this, I was around the, the, and then all our friends are people that were working on this album. You know what I mean? It was all we ever heard about was like, Oh, I got to go to Hawaii to work on Ye's album. I'm going on Q-Tip, Pete Rock, the RZA. They're all like, Oh, I'll see you in two weeks. I'm going to Hawaii. So everybody was like going to Hawaii for this album at this moment in time, you know, yeah. that early 2010. So, all right. So every, so what did you didn't end up going? Did you? No, no, no. See, that's what, <laughs> that's why I hated my job on the radio. When I, when I finally got to the pinnacle, which is the morning show, I was yeah. in jail, bro. Like I got to be at work at 5 a.m. I can't travel even on the weekends. I'm too tired. You know what I mean? So like, it was great, but then it's also why I left. All right. Well, so here, so so take me to this. Let's let's go back even before that. Tell me about the first time you met Kanye West. It's not. It's not good. It's okay. It's not good. <laughs> better. Sounds perfect so, for podcasting. So I used to. Um, I was an A and R for Raucous Records, and uh, I I A and R'd uh, uh, Most Def and Talib Kweli, all that stuff back in the day. And most Def is the first one to tell me about Kanye. He's like, yo, this new producer got these beats and he was playing a tape of all these beats and they were dope. He was like, this is my boy Kanye. And then when I started hearing his name, when he started doing Jay-Z records and all that stuff, I was like, I know that name. So he was down with most and Talib Kweli before that. So when you say that, what do you mean? Like, are you talking like Black Star era? Yeah, like Black 99? Star, like, like, um, like right after Black Star, like okay. 2000, like because um, there's a song most Def has with with Kanye. It's like called Let the Sunshine In or something like that. It's from um a soundtrack. So that's the beat he was playing from the over. Okay. Oh, he was in that movie. Um, What was that hip hop movie? Belly? He was. No, it was like more of a romantic comedy kind of love and hip hop. No a TV show. Wait, That's I don't remember. Fuck. What it was. Okay, hold on. It's uh, where it's where they like it's with. Oh, oh man. So now late then. And she's like, when did you fall in love with hip hop? There's like Hunt. four people listening to this right now. They're Shut like, okay, it's whatever. fucking this. It's called this. They're screaming. <laughs> I know they're screaming. Whatever. It's a soundtrack for that movie. So I was on Raucous Records as an A&R, but I also did this album called Sound Bombing, which is like an underground classic album. And we were done with that. We, we, we made the album. We pressed the songs onto vinyl and then we DJed the album. OK, so it was like we actually DJed, you know, a, a real album. So Kanye comes to the studio. They're like, yo, Kanye West wants to come by. I was like, oh, that's Moses friend. Mm -hmm. And uh, he goes, yo, I got to get on this album. And we're like, but mind you, he's an unknown. He's like, I got to get on this album, my rap. And we're like, oh, God, a producer that raps. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I got to get on this album. I'm like, bro, it's done. The songs are all pressed on vinyl. Yeah. It took two months just to get these test pressings so we can mix the album because that's what Raucous was. It was like actual DJing. And he was like, let me just do an acapella in the beginning. 
and we're like, yo, this guy's crazy. Who are you? Why would we <laughs> let you do an acapella? You fucking weirdo. And then, oh, whoops. One of the greatest hip hop stars ever. Yeah. And I was like, we don't want your we don't want your verse with no beat that we can use on other beats forever and ever. Well, here's the thing. I was like, because you've been working in in this business for so long and met so many different egos. I mean, you probably run into people like that before. Where Bro, you're just like, oh, time. you're you you really think you're better than you actually are. Exactly. And you know what? Honestly, if we if we weren't at the last stage, we would have found a way to do it. But I was like, bro, I what do you want me to do? We're mixing it. Yeah, I can't just put acapella in the beginning. You know, it was like, you know, I got that I got that structure. I should be more loose, but I got structure. But um, but yeah, there's always people that are like, I'm the best rapper ever. We're like, shut up. But he actually <laughs> turned out he turned out to be pretty good. And so so what so what's your first impression then? I mean, when you're finally like meeting this guy besides just that moment, but like how does it kind of like evolve because obviously that's what 2000 like what what year is that? Like that's your first 99. meeting. 99. So that's 99. And so like how is your So how has the evolution of you meeting Kanye like changed? Like when did it click in? When did you start seeing that this guy not, was not actually going to be Not long after that. Not long after that. Once he's once he put out um through the wire and started doing like once he started doing Jay-Z beats, we were like, oh, this guy's somebody. Then he started rapping and it was quick that we were like, oh, he's somebody. And he was always he was one of us. He was an yeah. underground nerd that happened to blow up. It, it, there's like a there's like this fraternity of different sects. There's like gangster rappers. There's nerds. Sometimes there's a Venn diagram of that in the middle. But he was a nerd like us. He was an underground Jay Dilla Wu-Tang fan. Yeah. And then yeah. he blew up. So he was he's still to this day, like when he sees us, he shows us a different kind of love. It's like, no. Oh, this is my fraternity brothers. These are my fraternity brothers type of love. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. So so then you start hearing his music as it's coming out. And let's kind of like start focusing on this record. Because yeah. for me, it's like I remember Kanye West 
So truth be told, when I was DJing like private parties, like weddings, yeah. bar mitzvahs and middle schools, we used to get this CD that was like, these are like the new yeah, yeah. hot songs this month. Yeah. Hip hop uh, hits or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And, and, and through the wire was on that. And I mean, that wasn't really a song you would play at like a middle school dance, but I remember no. that was one that was sticking out. I do remember the video for it, you know, cause of the whole thing with the car accident. Yeah. Just the whole legend of him rhyming through like a wire jaw. Uh, for me, the first time I heard the record, his first record, I was coming back from Philadelphia back to Baltimore. Uh, my buddy Evan played the album as we were leaving. Like we went to see the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Eagles. Just to give everybody an idea of when that yeah. was. I think that's like 2000 and fucking five or six. Yeah. And I remember Jesus Walk. I remember that. That to me was something that in hip hop, it was just so different. Yeah. And it was so, I mean, what's the way to put this? Like grandiose. It's it's way bigger and fuller and even just the sample with the strings and everything that's in that song. Yeah. It's just, it's just different than anything I'd heard to do a song about Jesus. Yeah. You know, cause keep this in mind, like he's still 15, 20 years away from actually doing, you know, the, the Jesus's the, the, life the, the album gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And then it wasn't until like gold digger which yeah. is probably his most accessible like hit commercial. Yeah. Bar I mean, mitzvah that, DJ hit. Yeah. Yes. I could play that at a bar mitzvah. Yeah. I could also play that. There was a dude at the strip club that I DJ at uh, dames and games, this super, he, I don't know if I'd call him uh white. I don't want to say racist, but he was this country dude from like Alabama that was obsessed with these like four strippers. And he would just, he would tip me $20 every hour on the hour to put these girls up. One girl in particular named Lisa, uh, who was just taking his money. I mean, yeah. just taking it. And, and, sh and so he would be like, put on gold digger. And I put that on, he'd throw <laughs> his money. I'd get my cut of it. Um, and that kind of ruined the song for me. But besides that, it's still, <laughs> it's a great song. And I mean, his second album's great. Then you get, what is it? 808s and heartbeats. Oh, graduation. Gra See, Third I never album. got in. I never got into graduation except for flashing lights. Oh yeah. Graduation is, is probably one of my favorites. It's one of really? my favorites. Yeah. I, yeah. So and then I don't even like 808s and I know that's not a popular thing to say. I don't even like 808s. Why? I don't, I, you know, I never got into it. I got, I, I, I don't know. Like the, the singles didn't grab me. And I always tell myself I got to go back and here's the problem. I was a radio and club DJ for many years of my life. So I listen to music for work purposes. Is this a single I can play on the radio or in the club? And then 808 was more of like a, a concept, a whole movie almost. So I didn't love it. I'm going to go back and listen to it one day as now I can listen to it as just a fan. I th actually think that 808s might be one of my favorite records by him. We'll get to the other one. That's actually my favorite. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, 808s, many people I, say that. Well, because I like, I like fucking massive attack. I like Portis head. I love trip hop. And right, that right. is in a sense, probably the closest thing yeah. to that. I mean, yeah. it's very like, I mean, with all the computer shit and the 808 shit that I know he's got in there, it's probably the most minimalistic out yeah. of the first three albums. It's yeah. it's bigger on a scale from just the melodies. Like Love Lockdown is a very very simple song. Yeah, uh, what's that one song? Um, 
in the night when yeah. I was born. Which almost sounds like an Irish jig. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, exactly. in the night when I was born, the greatest story ever told about a ski da do da ski da dee da dee How could you be so heartless? Um, but there's but there was something about that album. That album came out and it almost like just came and went. Because I think I had just, fuck. Because I, okay, so I moved to L.A. in 2007. And I remember graduation came out then because my my manager my production manager on keeping up with the Kardashians. God, that's so funny. So when I first hear graduation, I'm working with his new, with, with his wife, Hilarious. but he hasn't even met yet. Right. Like, I mean, probably, probably knew her at that point. We all yeah, saw yeah, the yeah. sex tape. That was yeah. actually how, when they hired me, they were like, do you know Kim Kardashian? I was like, no, they were like, you take this DVD. It's her and Ray J just prepping you. <laughs> But, but it was like, that was like, so I remember, so I'm working on that. I remember graduation comes out and I'm just like, okay, yeah, there's some good stuff. But it wasn't until 808 that I really was like, okay, this guy's special. Right. And the first three albums to me are like a trilogy. They're like a very similar Kanye style, even though they change a lot, but they're like his real ill, soulful sample type of chops and all that. Then 808 comes out and it's like, he's like, completely different almost no samples playing music computerized technical music type shit so it was like a, a a quick left turn now we know he makes a bunch of left turns we see all the left turns he makes it's but that turns. was like the first real and made that left how was that received in the hip-hop world when that came out because i know how you received it as a dj and a rec and a, and a radio dude so people yeah, was, are like your homies are like are they oh, saying like so they're like, this is changing the game or is this yeah, like- and then also like, this is now probably, you know, seven, eight years after he's been established. So now he's yeah. like, imagine a 12 year old when his first album came out is now a 17, 18, 19 year old. You know what I'm saying? So like now they're the Kanye fans. So like this album hit perfectly with them mixed with, you know, the Kid Cudi sound, yeah. all that stuff. It was like what they were like, those kids were like really into. Did you know but, that when you first met him, like when you started hearing that first record that you were going to start, he was going to be basically like the radio head of hip hop? No, no way. You had no idea. No way. No way. He thought he was a dope artist, knew he'd be around for a while, but not like this. Not like this. Here's so, Kanye's problem. Yeah. He screams so much that he's a genius that sometimes I feel like he's insecure and he's trying to convince himself that he's a genius, but he is a genius. Yeah. So just be a genius. Yeah. Like he's, he seems like a person who's not a genius trying to scream to others and himself that he is a genius, but actually you are a genius. So just shut the fuck up and just so keep maybe he music. doesn't even believe that he's a genius, but he's trying to convince it's weird. He's a, it's a fucking paradox with that guy. That's like every alcoholic in the world where they're like, they're complete and utter egomaniac, but yeah. they also think they're a piece of shit. Right. So they're like, so it's like, dude, there's nobody better than me, but I'm a horrible person. <laughs> and I've just done some evil things in my life, but yeah, yeah, I am yeah. the greatest human being in the world revolves <laughs> around me. That also could be what contributes to his genius. A hundred percent. Is the mental is the mental health problems? I mean, did you now, now? I know you know. I don't know if you if you if you know anything about this, but did you see any of those elements besides just the ego being like raging not, that he is actually almost mentally unstable? Not not back then because it just seemed like rap bravado. It just seemed like hardcore ego. And also back then, I didn't have the mental health 
you know, experience that I have now after I got mental help, you know, went to therapy. I was like, oh, he's he got issues. You know what I mean? That he's probably not dealing with. Um, yeah. But yeah, but like all geniuses got the, you know, something weird. But yeah, but but in hip hop, it's weird because it's covered because every every hip hop artist brags on how they're the greatest. Yeah. But he was just not just on the music. He was like every interview. There's like this. There's like a drinking game where people play Kanye interviews, you know, and take a drink when he says something like crazy yeah. or whatever. It's like people get very drunk. People get fucked up, dude. Twisted. It's like we're not watching that Pitchfork one again, man. We're not watching the Pitchfork one, dude. Please, God, that's 25 minutes long. Oh my God. So all right, so let's let's talk about this record then. All okay. right, so so tell me, uh, you know, the place you heard it, what you experienced, everything, yeah, like. This album, man, it 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 came out. It was like, you know, it was like almost like a return to the original Kanye, which is the first Kanye fans who are us and our age group and our level. It was like the return to that, which we don't mind the other stuff, but we were happy to get the return. That's why he made that song. You know, you always talk. You want the old Kanye, blah, blah, blah. Because yeah. we're like, yo, but those albums mean so much to us. We love that sound. Yes, we want you to grow and be an artist, but we loved what you were doing and we don't want to lose that. So this album is like, you know, had now he's like he got the movie with it, but also like insiders like me, we've been hearing about it forever. All our favorite producers, all our favorite rappers are going to Hawaii to work on this thing. Mm hmm. And they come back and Pusha T comes back and he's like, yo, this Kanye album and Q-Tip comes back. And then the RZA, the RZA came to do my radio show because he the RZA had a, 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 a TV show or he was in a movie, The Girl on the Train, something like that. So he came to talk about the movie and um, he was like, yo, I just came back from Hawaii. He's like, man, this this Kanye album is something. So it was like we were hyped up. Also, um, all of the lights. Yeah. All of the lights was leaked before it was before the album came out. And it was a Kanye and Drake song. It was Kanye and Drake. It was called Ghetto University. And on the get on all the lights, he says there's a line where he says Ghetto University. That was okay. the name of the song. And then, you know, Kanye and Drake have some major never ending back and forth be frenemy shit. Don't you think that the thing that's kind of happening right now, though, is just to kind of like jack up album sales? I, like, you know I, what I mean, they're both smart enough. I don't think it's I don't think they're in cahoots, but they're both smart enough to know that the other person is smart enough to know that this is going to cause, uh, uh, you know, friction and make the yeah. album. Yeah, it's yeah, it's they're both they're both playing the same game, but they're not doing it together. OK, but Kanye and Drake always had this feud it's crazy so so we get this leak of ghetto university and it's like this all the lights beat without all the strings and all like the symphony stuff it's just like the beat and drake and kanye we were like this sucks this song is horrible <laughs> <laughs> ghetto university it wasn't even that part. It was just like, like, the, 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 like just like the beat. And we were like, man, this is what they're doing in Hawaii. This sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then now you listen. Like I listened to it this morning on my run just to have a fresh ear. And I'm like, bro, this song is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And Twisted 
fantasy, Dark Twisted Fantasy, is not my favorite Kanye album, but it's a masterpiece. What's it is favorite? a masterpiece. My What's favorite, your... which is yeah. not popular, is Yeezus. Yeezus me too. Yeezus. Dude, me too. Because what oh. I do is when I start prepping for uh, the the podcast and I listen to the album and listen to the album, and let's say you get to like that seventh or eighth play, I start going like, all right, I got to listen to some other shit by then yeah. just to put it in its full scope. Put it scope. in, mix it up, yeah. And and so I started with the earlier records. I'm like, yeah, this is good. Stuff. I mean, it's you know, this is this is it's it's poppy hip hop. It's fun. It's like his. It like I could see you know in 2006 why this was great. Yeah, and then. I got to Yeezus and I remember when that came out, I was DJing at that strip club and the guys in the kitchen wouldn't stop listening to it. And I didn't like black skinhead at first. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no, is that the, yeah, is that the, that's the one that's like, like the, all the, yeah. the breathing noises yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I remember I didn't like it at that time, but to put it into contrast of this record yeah, and the other ones previous, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh my God. Like nice. this, this one is like, this is the one that was way ahead of its time. Way ahead. You, if you, if you people go back and I don't mean you people, I'm not being racist. If you people go back, <laughs> we, all, we have all black <laughs> listeners, by the way, they're, they're all offended right now. <laughs> you go back and listen, try to listen to Yeezus, not as a, when it came out and it sounded so weird and different, like just play it as a fan of music. It's incredible. Yeah. I can't, like that's I what I'm saying today. More. All the lights, I was listening to it and I had headphones and, you know, the music is moving left ear to right ear and all that stuff. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing, man. All the people on there. And it was like when Kanye was like solidified as a star, you got Alicia Keys and, and, and all these singers, you know, but, um, but yeah, but, but ghetto university, we were like, Oh, this album is going to be trash. Yeah. Um, the same thing with um, I'm so appalled. So we had, I'm so appalled early. Uh, I, I, I don't want to put Pusher under the bus, but I think Pusher gave us an early copy of it. It was just Kanye and Pusher and the beat. Okay. And to this day, it's my favorite version because it was like like less instruments. on It was more raw. OK. And then the album comes out and Swiss Beats is on it. And I don't really like Swiss Beats hook on it. And then um, and then, uh, you know, it's a. Uh, Kanye, Jay Z jumped on it, Push is still on it, and then Sci High, the Prince, and um, it didn't have the same umph because we were so used. We when you hear something early, we were used to the demo version. But when I listened today, I was like, "Oh, and RZA's doing the hook." I never heard a song where like the first hook is Kanye, and then RZA does the last hook, and it's it's crazy. Like it's mixing all, like it's breaking all rules, but it sounds so good. How do you know how long they were in? Like, how long were they working on this record? Like, how I, long? I, it had to be months. It had to oh. be months. Because then, like, you know, I know a lot like this kid, 88 Keys, who, like, always produces with Kanye. Like, he basically was like, <clears throat> I, bro, I live in Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? And we're like, yeah. that's great. He goes, no, it's not. He's like, Hawaii's good for a month. You know, it's like, if you're a New Yorker, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you Hawaii's like, what's happening out here? All right. So here's a little background that I found on this. So, all right, so this is Kanye's yeah. fifth studio record released in 2010. He recorded most of it in Hawaii uh, in self-imposed exile after, yeah. and this is something we got to talk about, the 2009 MTV Video Music Awards Taylor Swift fiasco. Since you're in that world, like, do you have, like, an inside scoop of how that all went down pre, during, and post? 
Uh, yeah, there's like, um, you have to, dude. You were there, dude. You were on the street, bro. You were fucking, you're big. No, not even that. Um, not even that because he, um, he was with Amber Rose at the time. God, I love Amber Rose. And, um, remember he was on the, the red carpet with a bottle of Hennessy and Amber Rose. I'm so, so attracted to Amber Rose, but oh, the funniest amazing. shit she's ever done was get 21 Savage to slut walk with her, which I think kind of killed his career. Do you know what I mean? Like he was like the shit. 21 Savage was like the shit yeah. for a minute. And then he slut walked and held up a sign with Amber Rose. And then it's like, nah, dude, you're done. You're fucking <laughs> done, dude. You take all the fucking, sh- there it is. God, she is so hot. So yeah, so so my friend, my co-host Peter Rosenberg, he's real good friends with uh Amber Rose. So, you know, like we um we Kanye, okay, so Kanye does that, and then he gets you know whatever scolded from the media and everybody. But like from what we know, he has to create these adversities for himself you know what i'm saying like he has to create these moments where he makes people hate him i don't know if it's consciously or subconsciously but it feels like he makes people hate him so he can fuel off of that hatred so you know we're watching the pre-show of whatever that was i think it was vmas we're watching the pre-show and he shows up with amber rose with a bottle of hennessy and like Kanye doesn't walk around with bottles of Hennessy. We're like, uh oh, something's about to something's go down. Something's up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then it's like, you know, now, now me and my friends on the radio, we start, we start like looking into Kanye's moves and like trying to like, like predict what it's going to do. Okay. So, like, okay. So, is he trying to show that he's drunk? But is he really drunk? Is he pretending to be drunk? You know, when you're drunk, you have an excuse. So, like, something's going to happen, man. Yeah. Something's going to happen. And then um, our favorite thing is just Beyonce just shaking her head like, oh, no. <laughs> Why are you doing? Why are you bringing me into? Be crazy. Go up there. Be crazy. Live your life. ODB, ODB did it first at the Grammys. ODB did it many times. Or in front of, dude. Yeah. But he, God, man, that, that, that like, listen, the, the Kanye West one is 10 times more famous but the old dirty bastard one, in my opinion, is more iconic, more legendary because yeah. he had the Wu Tang is for the children line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that yeah, which was, is, which is an iconic line. Which in, is in the so iconic. It's it's arguably still to this day one of the best concerts I've ever seen was seeing Old Dirty Bastard by himself with Brooklyn Zoo at the Nine Thirty Club. This is like two thousand maybe, and I remember we yeah. show up to the show. We're all the way in the back of the nine thirty club. There's people everywhere. You can't even get remotely close to the front. He shows up at least an hour and a half to two hours late. Walks out on stage, stands there for twenty minutes, just holding a bottle of Absolute, kind of like, and everybody's walking around him trying to like pump him up. He cracks yeah. open the bottle of Absolute, chugs it, and then goes right into Brooklyn Zoo. <laughs> and then Sife, a million fights broke out. Oh, yeah. Like, I can, I can imagine. <laughs> immediately, people are fighting. The security's just pulling people out. So by the time he got to <laughs> yeah. Shimmy Shimmy uh, an hour and 20 into the show, there was like maybe 18 people inside. And it was all <laughs> white dudes that didn't want to start fights. And we're all just up front like, oh, this is a, this is a great show, man. It's, it's like great, a little scary man. for a minute. So uh, more, It's so much more roomy now. Oh, my God, dude. And still, just incredible. And I think that's kind of what... 
you know, especially with him passing away, which definitely just makes Old Dirty Bastard still, in my opinion, one of my favorite artists that's ever existed. This yeah. one for Kanye, if you're not a Kanye West fan and he does that, you're like, fuck this dude. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like the hundred percent. The backlash, the backlash the, from this, because and this is this is not to get like racial or anything, but it's like if you're gonna be a global superstar, if you're gonna do something on a global stage, like it's like you're gonna be judged by everybody. And you know, white people are fucking like someone like my dad would see this and be like, Who is this Kanye West guy and, fucking? And, and Taylor Swift is the sweetheart Have you met to her? those people. No, no, I'm not saying in person. I don't know her. I'm saying to those people, like, if you don't know, if you're a, uh, not even if you're a Taylor Swift fan, if you're just not a Kanye fan, Taylor Swift is the sweetheart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A young white girl songwriter from the South, like country people love, you know what I mean? Like, she's just like, how dare he? He attacked her. So what was the aftermath then like that in the hip hop world after he did that? In hip hop, it was just funny. It was just Kanye being dumb. And it's like in the hip hop world, it's like we do this all the time. We, we rouse each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, but like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if he knew it was going to go that far. I don't know if he planned it or it, it went it went very racial. So I'm I'm a I'm sure he got I know for a fact he got tons of hate. Like, I think he wanted to create a moment where he would get hated on to fuel his creativity but this got way beyond that so wait it's got like you think this was planned think i think he was going to do something i don't know because he didn't know taylor swift was going to win so how could it be planned but i think he wanted to do something to get you know hated on yeah yeah i, I which I, I again i don't know if it's conscious or subconscious but it's like you create enemies so that you can because now he's on top of the world everyone loves him he's killing it so who's his enemy who's his who's his adversary what's his obstacles he needs that to fuel the the studio like i gotta make these the greatest hits so he's like the michael jordan of hip-hop exactly in a sense exactly where, where he just makes up shit in his head so he can Bro, score 50 points a hundred percent we figured 100%. It and I don't know. I don't know sports that well. So that's why I wouldn't even go to Michael Jordan immediately. But yes, I watched that documentary and he was making he made a who's a guy he that used to play with him that was on the Bulls. And then he switched teams. Oh, BJ, uh, BJ Armstrong, BJ Armstrong. Yeah, he made BJ Armstrong an enemy. And BJ's like, what? What happened? He's like, it's like, that never, I never said that. It didn't happen. He's like, we, you came That's to my exactly. kids' skin Sierra. Like we're homies. <laughs> Why are you dropping fifty on me right now? Just, ha! So I, yeah, that's Kanye making that make like he had to make a BJ Armstrong moment. All right, do you have the clip, Adam? Play the clip real quick. Taylor, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at all those white people on stage that that don't it? know what to do. What does she do? What is Taylor going to do? Oh, man. You know what she's going to do? Is that the whole thing? History, 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 the lore of it made it seem like he did so much more. <laughs> yeah, he went up there. Is that all he the did? Lore, the lore is like, fuck this bitch. She's garbage. She's trash. Beyonce, I'm going to fuck you later tonight. You're the greatest in the world. Yo, oh. Kanye, Kanye punched Taylor Swift in the face last night. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
dude, he, he gave her, he gave he suplexed her on stage, did the fucking yeah. stone cold stunner. Oh my God. See, that's how crazy memory is. Like we, I thought that was way longer. I now play the old dirty bastard one. I want to see outbursts, which outbursts is better. Please calm down. The music and everything. everything. I, said, um, I went and bought me an outfit today that costed a lot of money today. You know what I mean? Because I figured that Wu-Tang was going to win. I don't know how y'all see it, but when it comes to the children, Wu-Tang is for the children. We teach the children. You know what I mean? Puffy is good, but Wu Tang is the best. All right. Okay, I want y'all to know that this is ODB, and I love you all. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> she, she doesn't know what to do. Oh wow! No one remembers you. No one remembers Wait, who you, that? lady. Who is that? Sean Colvin. Oh my. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you. So, God. so, all right. So, so after this, everybody yeah. is like, like you said, the lore. I mean, Obama called him a jackass. You know what I'm saying? He was in a dark place. Hence the title. You know what I mean? So this album, in a sense, is a reaction to what he was going through after this happened. Am yeah. I right or am I wrong? Oh, 100%. All right. 100% right. And so that is why the themes of this record uh, is what we found is exploring his status as a celebrity, uh, mm-hmm. consumer culture, race, and the idealism of the American dream. So is this probably... <laughs> His most up until this point, is this his most like autobiographical? Is that you know what I mean? Is this record in a sense like him trying to plead to everybody about who he really is and and what he's been through? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I wouldn't say autobiographical because the first three is like him laying down a lot of history. Like this is like. I think this one is the first new Kanye. Okay. Like, 
Like he had three albums that were great, but those were pretty much the same person, even though he's getting more popular. 808s and Heartbreak. He's like, I'm going to try an experimental album. And then this one is like the the um, the, you know, the look inside. Now this is who I am. I can't go back. There's no way I could quit today and I will not always be recognized. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what like like the song Power, for example, like that's what he's saying. Like no one man should have all this power, which, first of all, I didn't like that song at first because I was on Hot 97 and Power 105 was our competitor. Ah. So we couldn't play that song. We couldn't play it. And they played it all the time. Oh, They loved it. They made promos with it. Yeah, they made pro. We were like, no, we don't play that song. But now now it's like a stadium anthem. Oh, dude, this song uh, changed uh, the music at the Hollywood Improv forever for the songs that you're brought up on stage for. When they're introducing the host, this is what plays. What right. from this from the moment this came out up yeah. until now, it's that's literally how they song. play. Then yeah. before that, though, I don't know if you remember that Kill Bill song, the one that's like, but power came out. That was, that was it. it. That was it. And also CrossFit music. This is like anytime you're doing like a 40 yeah. minute CrossFit workout, the yeah, song yeah, makes yeah. its way into the playlist. Um, I I don't think. I like power that much. Is that weird to say? Like, I, I, I like if I'm looking at this record, because first of all, I don't know if this is apt, but I think this is Kanye West, uh, Sergeant Pepper. I think this is like a career defining moment for Kanye West. Because all right, so you got the first three records. Uh, you know, uh, what's the first one called? Not College Dropout. Is the first one College Dropout? Yeah, college dropout. College dropout. Then the next Late one registration. is registration. Okay, and then it's and then it's graduation. Late graduation, right? This record comes out. This has probably the full gambit of uh, of just Kanye in a sense at his best and at his most ex- ex- most exceptional. But then also, you know, everything is bigger in this record. I mean, the production, uh, the samples that he's using. Uh, all the features that are on this record. And um, I think I want to, I, I don't know if this was the first collaboration with Mike Dean, but Mike Dean is a longtime collaborator of Kanye and his musical style. Like, have you ever seen a picture of Mike Dean's studio? He has every synthesizer ever made, created ever. And that's where all like these, the heavy strings and synth and music, all that stuff came into play. Uh, with Mike Dean helping with the with the beat. So that's what gave it another little uh, umph. You know what I mean? Who else has Mike Dean worked with? Mike Dean, he worked with a lot of people, but Kanye was, I feel I feel like Kanye, when he got with Kanye, was his big break. But he did a lot of stuff with Daz Dillinger back in the day and all these, like, he's that, he was like a Texas guy. He's using, he did Travis Scott. That's how Travis Scott and Kanye met through Mike Dean. And then, and then also for Kanye, this album, like, okay, first of all, this is he had a song on his previous album called Big Brother, which is a, a, a homage to Jay-Z. OK, now on this album, him and Jay-Z are on the same level. Hip hop status wise, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like this guy's your big brother. Now you're like neck and neck with him. And then the funny thing is the song Monster is considered a lot of people consider it the worst Jay-Z verse of all time. Really? It is. Oh, in the hip hop world, we 
destroy this verse. Why? Bro. Why? Could we? And Adam, while he's talking about it, pull, pull it up. I want because I want to hear it. Hear it and just read it. And we were like, Hove, what are you doing? Really? What is this, bro? And then the thing about it is Nikki solidified her stardom on this album. This is the album that took Nikki to the stratosphere because she's the first voice you hear on the album. She's the first voice you hear on the album doing a weird British accent. accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then her verse on this was like, oh, this chick can rap. Did, all right, now I got to ask this. I've got to ask this, and I don't know if you can say That's this. It. Did she write this? Did somebody ghost write this for her? Uh, Nikki, as far as I know, and I, me and Nikki have our issues. Wait, 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 far- no, wait, hold on, wait, what are your issues? Oh, no, we have issues. She is a, uh, she is a see you next Tuesday for sure. Really? She's a whack person. Couldn't tell. Couldn't um, t- couldn't tell. She seems bro, like a, a whack. Totally I don't know how she is now. Level level headed, normal person that pays her taxes I, on time. <laughs> and you know, bro, like I never, 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 never like to talk bad about anybody because we all got our struggles. We all got our history, trauma, whatever. Yeah. But bro, she was disgustingly mean to me and a lot of my friends. Please. Um, t- t- give me, give me one. Give me one instance. I'll, I'll tell you the famous one. Okay, give me the famous. Her and Rosenberg got into it. Rosenberg said something about her song. Yeah. On Summer Jam. It's a famous story. And then she said, I'm not doing I'm not performing at Summer Jam. Your radio jocks are talking shit about me. We try to squash it with her. We try to fix it. She's coming to do Funkmaster Flex's show. Flex is my mentor. I'm always the beef squasher. That's Scythe is known as the beef squasher. <laughs> that's your, that's your, that's, that's, your my, that's my, my moniker. <laughs> so I go, Flex, can I come up to the show? And you know, talk to Nikki about this situation. I want to try to squash it. Yeah. He's of course I go up there. I'm waiting for her to come in. She comes in the room. She doesn't even enter the doorway. She's under the doorway. Like it's a, like a fucking earthquake. She looks at me. <laughs> she looks at me and she goes, what the fuck is he doing here? Are you and Flex is like me. Flex is like, chill, Nikki. He, he wants to talk to you real quick. He just wants to see if he could, you know, you know, talk about the drama. Flex, if he don't go, I'm not doing the interview. So now I feel guilty because I don't want to ruin Flex's interview. Yeah. She's smoking hot at the time. Like she's on fire. So I don't want to be the one that messes up Flex's interview. That's all he's about. Yeah. So so she goes, he got to leave. or I'm not doing it. So he's like, Nikki, chill. She goes five, four, (laughs) three. What are you doing? Are you just like, I mean, I'm scurrying out of the can room. Can you grab my coffee? Yeah, I left my phone. I got to scurry <laughs> out of the room. She's down to two. I walk past her. She goes, bitch ass nigga. Oh. I was like, wow, 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 wow. So I go in the other room with her manager. I'm like, yo, what's up? He's like, ah, you know how she is. Yeah, she's feeling it. She woke up late. Um, you know what I mean? But yeah, man, that like, have the conversation. I'm there to squash the beef, man. Like, and I wasn't even the one who did the thing. Yeah, I feel like Rosenberg she, did it. I feel like she, though, is, you know, because like you just mentioned that this is when she's hot. She's blowing up. 
Like Nikki Love had that. a fucking moment, dude. She had a yeah, moment. And this moment. and this song added to it because I remember being out front of like an open mic because this is like 2010. So I'm still like a two year comic and I'm hanging yeah. out at like Bliss Cafe in Hollywood, which was like basically an urban open mic uh, where everybody's mm-hmm. just getting high out front. And they're talking about this record. And I mean, I remember Rel Battle. Oh, she murdered it. Yeah, I remember Rel Battle being like, I think Nikki stole the whole album. She had the moment Bro, that of was, the record. The, the record is a Kanye masterpiece. She that was her moment. It was her moment. It was her spark. And as far as I know, she writes all of her shit. Um, she might like her boyfriend Safari at the time would help her with stuff. But if you're in the studio, I was an A&R for many years. I wrote lines of raps for people like you just got to throw in lines to get the song done. You yeah. know what I mean? So. But Nikki's a phenomenal. I never take the talent away from her. She's phenomenal. I love her talent, but she was just not a nice person. But but her verse on this made her and Jay-Z's verse was like, what are you doing, ho? <laughs> play it. Play uh, Jay-Z's verse. Sasquatch, Godzilla, King Kong, Loch Ness, Goblin, Ghoul, a zombie with no conscience. Question, what do these things all have in common? Everybody knows I'm a motherfucking monster. Conquer, stop your, stop your silly nonsense. Nonsense, none of you niggas know where the swamp is. None of you niggas have seen the carnage that I've seen. I still hear things scream in my dreams. Murder, murder, and black convertibles. I kill a block, I murder the avenues. I Raping pillage of village, right here, women right and children. Everybody want to know what my Achilles heel is. Love. I don't get enough of it. All I get is these vampires and bloodsuckers. All more, I see is more, these niggas. I made more. millionaires. Fuck, my abs are locking up. Oh, bro, bro, oh, bro. The first, listen, Hove, Hove, I love him to death. He's my brother. He's my friend. He's my mentor. He's my boss. Everything. I am a whole fan and a friend. His first line, his first word was Sasquatch. I know, I heard that. I love that. <laughs> oh fuck, my abs are locking up because <laughs> when, when you put your hand up, when he went, love, love. I don't okay. get enough of it. What are you talking about? Oh, Sasquatch, Godzilla, <laughs> King Kong, Loch Ness. Oh my Bro, god, he took the song way too literal. And then, and then, and then one of the famous parts he goes milling about. Yo, we used to kill him on the radio, like. Are you a grandmother from Miami, Boca Raton? Like, I'm milling about. <laughs> Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein, Frankenberries, <laughs> Count Chocula. And who else we got? All right. Loch Ness. Bro, we got the Wolfman, Invisible Man. Bro, when I see him to this day, I haven't seen him in a while, but when I see him, I go, hey, have you seen a Sasquatch? <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be like, dude, you know what? You, dude, go, dude, Jay-Z, between me and you, love, <laughs> love. But, but mind you, his verse on So Appalled is... I don't know if he caught flack and then goes, oh, the next one, I'm going to kill it. Oh, like, my kill God, me. dude. Man, it's so funny. That's bro. the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. God, but that damn. made Nikki. That made Nikki. Yeah. Made her. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's talk about some other highlights from the record. We already went over okay. power. Gorgeous. Um, is good. What else you got? All the lights. Never really got into all the lights. It's not bad. All the lights. It's not all bad. The lights is. You got to listen. Um, you got to listen on headphones. OK, I have. And it's like. You can't be doing anything else. I have to be sitting there and like you just got to sit and listen. It's like listening to Dark Side of the Moon. Like you got to just sit and listen to it. And and mind you, it's not a song I have on shuffle. Yeah. 
but when you do listen to it, it's amazing, man. This would it's amazing. This would be a good record to listen to on mushrooms. I would take mushrooms yes. and have this on. Yes. I, I think this would be a fucking journey. This all the lights I could see me like like really like you know like I mean just the, just the layout of the record, even from the intro into gorgeous into power into all yeah. the lights and with the interlude prior to that. And oh, my, you mean the whole album? Just the whole album. No, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, this yeah. is a fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. journey. I mean, you talked yeah. about. So appalled. Here's something funny I found out about So Appalled. I don't know if you knew about it. Um, so first of all, this was originally believed to be a song for West and Jay Z on Watch the Throne, um, and then this is pretty hilarious. Jay Z's lyric, uh, "Hammer went broke, so you know I'm more focused. I lost yeah. 30 mil, so I spent another 30. Because unlike Hammer, 30 mil can't hurt me. Yeah. Uh, so this ruffled the feathers of MC Hammer." Yeah. Uh, so for two months after this track's release, Hammer had released Better Run Run in retaliation in which he <laughs> accuses Jay of being in a league and in the studio with Satan. And then Hammer defeats the devil and forces Jay to be baptized. Who gives a fuck about <laughs> MC Hammer? I'm sorry. Like, the. I mean, did you know about this beef? Did you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah like, heard, but Hammer is a real dude, bro. First of all. Yeah, he's a Hammer's real a human real being dude. with with he's no, made he's of a, atoms he's, and capillaries. He's not to be. <laughs> have you run it? I've seen Hammer a couple times get into some shit. He's not soft. Tell me about he's not soft. Tell me about a Hammer moment. He came out. He he had him. He had beef with him. Uh, he had beef at my station with somebody. I forget who. I think it was after I left. But Hammer's from the streets. Hammer was an icon in the hip hop world. Hammer was an icon in the Bay Area. We only know, you know, his commercial hits. Yeah, he, dancing was a big thing. And then it went super pop with Hammer. But he's not a fake dude. He wasn't fake. He just he went broke taking care of his people. Yeah. Like we can laugh at him, but like he was one of the first hip hop artists to get so many millions. And there was no blueprint. There was no blue Hammer became our blueprint like oh you can't pay all your boys in the entourage the money runs out yeah you know what i mean yeah you hire four good ones that stick to their job and you you take care of them but you can't take care of everybody you can't take care of the whole hood and that's how he went broke and we laugh about it but it was like bro a black guy from the bay area trying to take care of his people it's like you can't really knock it. You no, know you mean? can't. But but then to do that contrast from being this pop star with a cartoon and the big pants and then to try to come back and be like, yo, no, I'm relevant and do pumps and a bump. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Pumps and a bump, dude. He came back with pumps and a bump and that there and was no blueprint. I understand that, but I'm just we saying know, we, we know now not to do pumps. In the bump. This is fucking this is also like 20 years after he was popular. I know, I know, say, I know. I feel like I feel like there, you know, it's like in his head, he created this beef thinking, oh, Jay Z is going to come back and say something about it. And then it's going to make me relevant. <laughs> and there's Jay Z's like MC Hammer is still alive. <laughs> 
Oh, that motherfucker. Yeah, I know. He's still he, here. He's still he's pumping and bumping. <laughs> is he pumping and bumping? Um, I also I love Rick Ross so much. Oh, uh, like I love good. Rick Ross, and he kills it in Devil in a Blue Dress. Oh, Devil in a Blue Dress is the the old Kanye. That's the sample. Those are the type of samples that Kanye fans at that time, us going back to his three first albums, plus all his production with the rock and all that stuff. That is the the throwback of the album. That song is fire. It's great. I, I love Rick Ross, too, because, uh, do you know, Byron Bowers, you know, Byron, the comic from Atlanta, like he was my, yes, he was yes, my yes, roommate yes. for a long time. Uh, we almost really? got, yeah, we got almost got into a fight because I used his butter one day when we were living together and he's like, you know, came from like a poor black family and he walked out and I was using his country crock and he threatened my life. Um, I was like, dude, it's butter. And he was like, he's like, use it again. <laughs> See what happens. Um, but, but he got me into Rick Ross and, yeah. and I'm not even talking about every day I'm hustling. Just like, I, I love everything Rick Ross has ever done. I love trap house three with him and Gucci so fucking much um probably one of my favorite like hip-hop songs in the last 20 years and it's just such like a throwaway song just about drug dealers and shit but god damn do i love it but i have the one run-in and i think it's my profile picture on my facebook page i was at irwan <laughs> in hollywood which is like the the hip supermarket even more I've, the more more earthy whole foods right is this it like is more this, the woke Whole Foods. This place is more popping at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday than any yeah. nightclub in Los Angeles <laughs> or in New York. It's the 40-40, 40 the 40-deuce, 40 or whatever the fuck that Jay-Z place is. The 40-40. 40-40. It's the 40-40 supermarkets, dude. Of L.A., yeah. Dude, the most beautiful people you've ever seen in your life. 90% white people all yeah, like trying fire. to hold, there, fire. trying to hold on to their youth. Everybody, all the ointments and, and gels and, and smoothies. Did you see that that Netflix show you about that guy? He was like a stalker. I, I haven't seen it, but on the, I know about okay. it because of the Chris D'Elia thing. OK, anyway. Yeah. But besides that, that in the second season, it's in L.A. And there's a store that it's based. It's based on that store. Oh. There's like a little there's like a little bookstore in there and there's like a hemp oil section. Oh, yeah. And like a, 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 what do you call those cows that are range range free range? Everything's free range meat department. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Free range bagel chips, free range, <laughs> uh, everything. Vitamin C. It's all free range. And I go in there one day. I just finished working out because they had this like hot food section where you could get like really overpriced, organic, healthy food. Uh, yeah, and kind yeah, of make yeah. a plate for like 22 bucks, which is ridiculous that you're spending that on a piece of chicken and some fucking turmeric cauliflower. And I'm in there <laughs> and fucking and there's there's Rick Ross and he's got yeah. the fucking the ankle shirt on or shirt off shirt on. Okay, shirt, shirt on. on. Okay. Um, you All might right. be able to add them. If you could go to my Facebook page and pull the picture up while we look for it, <laughs> it should be my, It's if it's not, because right now I have DMX in me uh, as my profile picture. I think it's the one before or the one before that. But I go in there and I know it's him and nobody knows who he is. And he's got security right. too. And he's also like 6'5", mm -hmm. <clears> I think. He's a he's a big dude. Maybe 6'4". He's, he's taller than me, but I'm also 5'9". Yeah. And and I just I'm like, fuck it, dude, I got to go up and meet him. And I just go up. I'm like, yo, man, I was because I was DJing at the strip club at the time. So I played Rick Ross's music all the time. So I just went up. Yeah. I, had to, I had to dap him up. I go, dude, you're fucking, you know, you, yeah, dude. So oh, my God. There's me and Rick. 
and and I I'm hold look I'm holding my my plate yeah, of fucking, plate. <laughs> fucking seventeen dollar chicken and green beans, and I and I say to him I'm like dude you're the fucking man he's like yo dude blah 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 and we walk away and this white woman comes up to me and she's like she's like um, who was that black gentleman you were talking to and I was like I was like bitch that's the black Bruce Springsteen how do you not know that. And that was it, man. And it's still to this day, one of my favorite like run-ins with any celebrity. I love uh, Rick that. Russ is great, he's yo. The, he's the best. All right, let's get to Runaway. Then there's a, oh, wait, okay, you got Runaway. Something? No, you, what were you no, about to say? Run, no, Runaway is what I was actually going to say. It's so funny. It says Perfect. devil, devil, old sample style, and then Runaway. So now, okay, here's the deal with this album. If you're a Kanye fan, my age group, you know, I'm in my 40s now. Kanye has all these new fans from 808 and Heartbreaking on all these young kids that are now Kanye fans. Us older Kanye fans, uh, like I said, we're in, a, in this fraternity with him. So we come from the 90s. We come from Wu-Tang and uh, Biggie and all that shit. Right. Snoop Dre. This album. Is now Kanye's super famous and can plug in his favorite shit from like the 90s. So like Raekwon is like, I think on the second song on the album. Okay. Raekwon, the chef, Wu-Tang. Riz is on the album. Riz is helped producing the album. Runaway is a 90s. Uh, how do we say this? Like a like a, a nod to the 90s. How so? So this, the drums on Runaway are from Pete Rock and T.L. Smooth's second album. Um which I forgot the name of uh, not Chocolate City, uh, whatever. The second album, not Mecca and the Soul Brother, the second album. And on that album, in between songs, there would just be these little beats, these little interlude beats that no one ever rapped on. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, Pete, what are these beats you're just wasting in the middle of the album? Like, these are fire beats. And they're just like transitions from one song to another. The runaway drums is one of those interludes. So anybody from the 90s that when Runaway came on, like the piano, bing, 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 and the drums drop, we instantly go back to 95 or whatever year it was. Yeah. Maybe 94. We, it, all of you can see it the first time you hear those drums come in and you're like, oh shit, he used the Pete Rock interlude. Wow. And like, and so now it's like you could be an old you could be an old Kanye fan and you're like, oh, he still got it. And a new Kanye fan, it just sounds like a dope song. Yeah. But but he touched us in a way that was like, yo, we always like we always wondered why Pete Rock and them never rhymed over that. And then it just went away. So like when you listen to Pete Rock album, it'll come on. You'd be like, oh, I forgot how dope this was. Yeah. And then Kanye rapped on it. So then so that's what we were like. Again, Kanye's one of us. He comes from our world. Yeah. That 90s, he was, you know, buying vinyl and CDs and cassettes. And and oh, you had to be a fan to catch that loop. Yeah. I, I think this is the best song on the record. I think this is the most mature. Now, now hear me out because I know it's not, it's unlike everything that's that's like on this record, whereas like Monsters like this this darker hip hop song and all the lights is is, you know, is kind of like older Kanye mixed with newer Kanye. Yeah. This is the song that if my dad heard it, would right. be like, right. I like this. Right. This is yeah, the most. Is that a, a white wedding? 
hundred percent a white wedding. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. The, here, white I'm, wedding is a white wedding is a gauge for a lot of hit music. <laughs> if I, I mean, this might not be like it's going to get people out on the dance floor, but this no, is no, something no, no, no. that you could play like, yeah, you know, like right while after the first dance while they're cutting the yeah. cake. But, exactly. but but this is this is in my opinion the most mature song on the record. I I think it's quite possibly his best and most accessible song. I, I remember the presentation of this too, Sife, which is the first time I heard this was I think at the MTV Music Awards where he's on that all white stage. He mm. just has the keyboard or the 808 in front of him. He's playing the the thing and he's almost like programming it in front of everybody, and it's just yes. him yeah. with the girl doing ballet. Right, right. This right. is art. That's what I'm saying. This is an artistic song, and this is yes. probably the most. If if you're gonna write about this record, I could see like a lot of critics being like, "Oh, this is his apology to Taylor Swift. This is uh -huh. about you know apology to to um to Amber." Oh, so they broken up by this point, probably. I think so. Yeah, like it was it was not going well. Okay. After the Taylor Swift thing, yeah. Uh, but so yeah, so in my opinion, I mean, and then everybody kills it. His verse is great. Uh, the the piano's great. Like you said, the beat is is incredible, and and it feels like, in a sense, his apology to everybody that he's like, no, mm -hmm. I know that I'm I've done some stupid shit. I know I'm an yeah. egomaniac, um, but I'm just human. And also it takes like the the he mastered like he started singing on 808s and us Kanye fans from before 808s were like, oh, he's singing now. Like yeah. he's auto tuning it like, what you know, what's happening here now? He mastered now he's mastered the singing style. Yeah. But it's over a hard sample beat. So we're like, oh, we're in. We, we're in. You got us. What was the reaction uh, to in, in the hip hop community when this song came out and they heard this? Runaway? Yeah. Oh, Runaway was big, man. Run everyone loved Runaway. Everyone like that that hit me. And then also like I saw that I, I didn't see the, the award show you're talking about, but I saw him at Madison Square Garden. And he had the, the MPC sampler out there and he was hitting the piano. Yeah. Like for a long time. It was like extended. And then he starts rapping and then the drums come in. He did it right there live. And I was like, this guy's amazing, man. Um, yeah, it's like a you know, to us real fans. This is more of the anthem than power. This was like the moving one. You know what I mean? Even though power sounds so big and like stadium like. Yeah. This is the one that's like, oh, this is the moving song to us. Dude, you said something about moving. Uh, and maybe it was like, fuck. It was when I was go when I went home to uh, get rid of my apartment to move here to New York. Yeah. And I was in, you know, you know, my buddy Avery Pearson, he plays keyboards in the jam. You've you've met him and we've jammed oh, yes, together. Yes, 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 yes. Avery's got two kids. You know what I mean? He's 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 trying to, you know, keep his career. But it's like he's dealing with the pandemic and, you know, yeah. he's got early mornings and I'm trying to convince him to, like, stay out a little bit later. So I'm like, dude, I'm fucking moving in like a yeah, week yeah, and yeah. a half. Let's go to get let's go get like some food at Canners. He's like, dude, I can't. Yeah. He picks me up from Michelle and then he turns his car on and this song came on. And I just look at him. I was like, is this kind of like, <laughs> is this what you listen to when you're alone? Just like, run away from me, baby. And he's just like, I imagine him driving. Run just away. like, and I always think, and I always think wrong. Just like, it's so cathartic for him. I, I think this is, like I said, I think this is probably the one, if I listen to this record a million times, this is the one I'm going to keep going back to. Uh, 
Hell of a life. Uh, probably one of the best beats on the record. What do you think is Bro, the best beat on the record? First of all, hell of a life. I want I need to see that. It's not a single. It's just an album cut. He never performs it. So it's like, whatever. I would love to see that with a real rock band, man. I would yeah. love to see hell of a life performed with a proper rock band, not just some hip hop guys who can play rock. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the roots can play rock music, but, you know, I want, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Foo Fighters or somebody to really do it. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's a rock song. It's about uh, his relationship with uh, Amber Rose. Yeah. Uh, so they did. Hold on. It says they first got into oh, contact. Maybe they weren't. No, maybe they weren't broken up. They, right. A couple had a dramatic breakup in 2010. Uh, allegations well, of adultery. Blame yeah. game is cool because of the Chris Rock thing, uh, which Chris Rock said, uh, he jumped at the chance. He said he did it quicker than and than any script he's ever read or any amount of money anybody's ever offered him. He said this mm. was like something he wanted to do. Uh, he uses the piano composition uh, from Avril 14th uh, by Aphex Twin, which I listened to it. I watched this documentary about this record right before we about, uh, we jumped on about the making of this. And so they played the whole album for the whole album. Yeah. 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 And it kind of was cool because it showed you what it was dealing with before. Basically a lot of the shit that I'm saying, I'm just regurgitating that. And then it was a podcast life, dude. (laughs) Then lost in the world. What do you know about this whole, like this? Did you know anything about, is it, is it the Bon Iver or is that Iver or however the fuck you say it? Like, do you know about like more about the collaboration between the two of them? That, that thing always like, like the real hip hop fans were like, what is this word? Who is this person? Is this a person? Is this a group? And we kind of just let it slide. Yeah. And then like throughout the last 10 years, I keep hearing his name come up. And I was like, the only reason I even know that name is from seeing it on Kanye album, but it didn't, didn't grab me. It didn't touch me like that. Once you get past hell of a life, the, the rest of the album to, to me is like, it's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I lost in the world's not bad. And when the beat kicks in, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of over it. But like, I love the beginning of that song. I'm not but what, what is the deal with that guy? All right, let me see. What that so I remember Bon uh, because there was this chick that I, I was, I was staying with Yasser Lester and we were squatting in this apartment and here's the funniest shit in the world. I lived in you an apartment. Hell of a life, bro. Dude, hell of a life. <laughs> it was it was me. I got kicked out of this one girl's place uh, uh, who let me stay on her couch because I. She says I shit on her floor. I don't mm-hmm. remember doing oh, that. Really, the old shit on the floor trick. Okay. Safe. I do not remember. I got because this is like what I used to do is I used to I never drank, but except for like one night a year. And then I drank and then I woke up the next morning and she's like, you have to go. You shit on my floor. And I was like, and I never saw the shit. So I don't know right. if I actually shit on it because I don't I don't night shit. I'm a morning shit. Like I, it's right. there's no way I'm going to I'm going to shit at night. I think I stepped in shit and might have smeared it in her bathroom, like on like the you know, like the with the thing you, you step on when you get out of the shower. What do you call that? That's a, the mat. The mat. I think I might have stepped yeah. in dog shit or something like that. But she says I human shit. I don't think so. So she kicks me out. I stay with Yasser, uh, his brother, <laughs> and this girl that his friends dating, and and the friend, uh, which which this is the craziest shit. Like in that in that place we're squatting in because uh, it's me, 
Yasser. Yasser went on and to be this this great comic and actor, and he's like killing it right now. He's on Black Monday. He's also writing the new uh, Marvel uh, War Machine movie or TV show. What? It's just it's crazy, like how how much like how how well he's doing. I'm doing well, and then on top of that, the guy that was dating the girl whose place we were all squatting in. He went on to be the guitarist for the band Black Veil Brides and like is like a multimillionaire. Dude, it was it's just it's just to, to have us all literally like starving, starving artists right. yeah, yeah, just yeah. living in the same place. And now all of us are doing shit and being successful. So I got kicked out of that place when that place got got uh, foreclosed or evicted. Then I stayed with another girl who loved Bon Iver. And so that was oh, my introduction. I thought you were I thought you were going to say she loved when people shit on her. She floor. loved, she, like, she loved human <laughs> shit, dog shit, ferret shit, all shits did not care. <laughs> but that was when I first heard bond. And I mean, it's yeah, it's like he was a dude that had a moment in the 2000s. It's how's it pronounced bond Iver. That's how you, that's how you pronounce it. It's Bon Iver, dude. Well, I'm from America. We say Bon Iver. It's Bon Iver, dude. All right, so uh, I don't know if I've really got any backstory on the dude, but what I've got is Wes generally didn't record with artists he was unfamiliar with, but made an exception for Bon Iver's Justin Vernon because he had intentions of sampling their song Woods. West also said uh, he was a fan of the Bond album for Emma forever ago. That was the one that I heard. And after Kanye invited Justin to Hawaii, they became friends over musical discussions and games of basketball. I could so see that. Bon is Bon is a group. It's a dude. Bon it's a dude. It's a um, yeah, it's good. I mean, but you know, it's kind of crazy that he would suddenly pull this dude out of obscurity and be like, yeah, you're going to be on one of the biggest hip hop records of uh, 2010. Um, all right, let's do some facts and get out of here. What do we got? All right, so uh, this album is widely considered his best record. It won Best Rap Album at the 2012 Grammys, but it wasn't nominated for Album of the Year. Adam, pull up what was nominated for Album of the Year in 2012. That's insane. Also, it came out in 2010. Yeah, but the it, Grammys are like super weird that, and they like yeah, do like if you miss a deadline or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because this record, let me see if I can pull it up because I got it. Oh, yeah, Grammys are like January. This dude, check this shit out, dude. This record, because I'm looking over the list of like accolades for this record. Uh, yeah. If you go to any publication. Billboard top 10 albums of 2010, number one, uh, 25 best records of 2010, number one, 100 best albums of 2010s, 2010, number one, Complex, best album of 2010, number one, Entertainment Weekly, number two, eh, fuck Entertainment Weekly, uh, GQ, 21 albums from the 21st century, every man should hear. This is number one. Uh, wow. Rolling Stone, best album of 2010, it's number 353 in the 500 greatest albums of all time. And the 100 best albums of the 2010s, it's number one. Wow. And I looked at the list, Saif. I've got this pulled up. So number one, this is the 100 best records so of the, the 2010s. Kanye West, number two, Lemonade by Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Number three, Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly. Which is pretty, That that's a pretty like... Huge record, right? To Pimple Butterfly? Yeah. Yeah, of course. 
is this, do you agree with this statement? Oh, hold on. Number four is Taylor Swift red. And then you have like a Bowie record. Do you think this is the, this is the number one record, a uh, best record of the 2010s? Wait, well, I want to hear that. I want to hear the Grammy ones. Yeah. Yeah. Pull up the Grammy. You got them, Adam. The Grammy ones. Typing them right now. I can get them up for you. All right. I don't know. I mean, I love right, so Adele's 21, Lady Gaga, Born This Way, Bruno Mars, Doo Wops and Hooligans, Rihanna, Loud, and Foo Fighters, oh, Wasting bro, Life. We're all the top That's a stacked, stacked. lineup. I, I think you could take out the, the Foo Fighters record. I don't even know what, what album, what song. It's a good album. I don't know if it's an album of the year. It was a very yeah. good album. I mean, dude, this, this should have been nominated for album of the year. 100%. 100% this should have been nominated for album of the year. But he's going to blame it on politics, you know, right? Is I, I just think that they maybe they just didn't want to give it to him because of the Taylor Swift thing. That's what I, that's what I'm saying. Hundred like, percent. You got You're you're on punishment right now. Yeah. Kanye. Go sit down for a little while. Um, you don't get this one. You still get a Grammy. You still get um, best rap album, but you're not going to get album of the year. Sit down. This is this is the, the, he should have been nominated. I, I arguably think. Oh wait, what ended up winning? Uh, Adele. Uh, I see Adele. Yeah, you, I could see that. Twenty one. Come on. Yeah, rolling in the deep. No, that Adele album. Yeah, that, that shit. What was the hip hop community like when that record came out? Okay, here's the weird thing about Adele. She didn't hit the hip hop community right away, but she's from the streets of London, right? Like London. <laughs> She's what they call Pond Road. Like, she's a road gal. And, like, in London, it's different. Like, there's racism, but it's more class. You know what I'm saying? So, like, poor white people and poor black people grow up together, and it's it's accepted. Like, you're part of the, the urban community. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Adele is, like, from the hood and 100% accepted in the hood in London. And she blew up with these pop songs, but they always still she always still fucked with the hood. And then America, they're like, oh, she's a white British. You know, we think everybody from London is like proper and and, and the queen, you know, descendant of the queen. Yeah. So they didn't accept her right away. Now I think she's good. But she's from road, man. She's from road. <laughs> she's in like soccer fights like she's fucking Yo, she'll throw down, she, dude. She's from the gully, man. She's from the like all the big London grime artists. Like they all they they don't fuck with her because she's Adele. They fuck with her because she was always around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fuck. And she's like, yeah, I got a big voice. I'm gonna go get this pop money. But you know where I'm from. Mm -hmm. That's why I love her. That's why I love her. All right. Kanye is a big album. That is a big album. Kanye West is five foot eight. Did you know that? He's tiny. I, I, I didn't. I never looked at his Tinder profile. <laughs> why are we? Why are we talking about his height? I'm just. I'm just. These are random facts about him. Uh, Kanye's favorite band uh, is Franz Ferdinand. And do you know Franz Ferdinand? They had a moment in like yeah. 2004, There's 2005. No There's no way that's his favorite band. I mean, this is, this is what I got, dude. He stated that one of his favorite band groups is a group of indie artists from Glasgow. Uh, this group is loved by both Kanye West and his family. And Kanye claims he has a much bigger dick than Alex Capranos, the front man of Franz Ferdinand. So we actually, Adam, pull up the pictures of Adam's dick and Kanye's dick. I'm just kidding. Wait, no, I don't want to. I got <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> uh, from, from, from what I've heard in the streets, and I don't know why this comes up, but I've heard he is packing. Kanye? 
I heard he is packing. Of course he is, dude. Of course he is. It's Kanye West, <laughs> man. You don't have that kind of ego unless you got a fucking hog, dude. You got a hog, and I bet I bet his pubes have like like fade lines and are like really like you know what I mean? Like there's three the Chicago Bulls logo. Yeah, dude. It's it's just it's insane, dude. It's got he's got like weird futuristic Jordy glasses from next generation over the dick hole. <laughs> Uh, in 2000, he was arrested for suspicion of stealing printers from Office Max. Did you know about that? I did not, but it sounds right. He was accused of stealing printers from Office Max, despite already being a successful music producer at the time. Police state that they were given descriptions of the suspect that closely matched the Kanye West profile at the was time. Was he working there? No, he's probably buying stuff and then at further. Invest- probably somebody in the back of the, the his boy worked in the stock room or whatever. It was a Karen, dude. A Karen was just like, there's a black guy that's, you know, that's dressed like he's from the movie Tron. Stealing. No, and, and that in 2000, he had pink polos and backpacks. Yes, that's right. That is right. The guy dressed like he's from, he is from an 80s movie, but not Tron, more like Karate Kid. So upon release, this was an instant hit selling 496,000 copies in its first week, debuted at number one in the Billboard 200. Um, yeah, this, this was a huge hit. And then the last fact, uh, which I wanted to get your opinion on about the whole Donda thing. Kanye is supposedly living in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. That's the home of the Atlanta Falcons. He's prepping uh, for his release of his 10th record. Uh, it was supposed to come out August 6th. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? What are people saying about this new record and, and him living in a stadium? Is, is, I, don't, I don't. This one... Okay, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I feel a little bit out of touch this go around. I'm pretty much on top of my my Kanye zeitgeist information. This one, I feel a little out of touch. How is how is he living in the stadium? Who is he allowed to live there? Like, I think he can do whatever he wants, man. He's the kind of guy people- that, dude. If, if somebody, if you were the owner of the Atlanta Hawks or the Atlanta Falcons, and they were like, dude, Kanye wants to rent a room in the basement to prep for his like live screening or whatever you'd be like fuck yeah dude it's just it's just free press but why though why are you living in a, an arena or stadium or whatever it is wait this is the Falcons, is the football team this is the football team because i think you know what i think saif why i think i think that he's gotten so big because he's yeah. global he's not he's not just a hip-hop artist anymore now yeah, he's absolutely. a clothing designer which arguably is one of the most successful clothing launches ever he's a billionaire he was married to arguably the most starlet uh star mm-hmm. of our generation which is kim kardashian which is insane yep. um insane. and and so he's become this this like you said this legend this this beyond yeah. and, and and it's just like to release a record even down to like the sunday services he was doing at like coachella there was something yeah. like really cool about that like wherever he goes is a happening. It's what Andy Warhol called. This is the thing. I remember, dude, because you work with Chappelle. I remember when we were doing a, a festival in Houston and Chappelle dropped in because he was in town doing the Travis Scott Festival and he showed yeah. up with Mo and he was drunk as fuck. Yeah. And he yeah. does his set and people started pulling the cell phones out because this wasn't an announced show. And yeah. I remember he goes, he just like looks at the audience. He goes, put him away. He goes, can't you guys just realize where you're at right now is the coolest yeah place in the world like we are doing something that nobody this is it this is the coolest thing and i think kanye brings that with him wherever he goes now he's not just 
if he does something, it's deliberate. It's, it's well thought out because he knows that everything he does is going to be scrutinized and broken down, whether it's yeah. music, whether it's the shirt he's wearing and the outfit. And now he's wearing these weird like snake eyes masks from GI Joe <laughs> with like rubies he, on them. Is he? Yeah. Pull up, um, Adam, pull up Kanye in a, in a, in the Ruby mask. Yeah. He's like, dude, there's like a live stream video of him doing like pushups and shit living in the stadium. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out. See, out. Here's the thing about, here's my thing with Kanye. I'm a f- super fan of the music. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the other stuff. I don't care. Yeah. Like I, 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 People focus so much on the other things, and I understand it's a big part of who he is, but I really legitimately and legitimately am a fan of his music, and that's all I want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah I've seen these masks before. Yeah, that's yeah, ridiculous. His mind. That's ridiculous. Like, he, I don't like, care. I don't care about any of that. Like, who's going to really wear don't. that? Like, is, is he trying to sell those so people wear them? Like, because I bet you if he puts that shit out, people are going to buy it. Yeah, people will buy it. And the wear it. On fucking, I have a, I have a Kanye Confederate flag tote bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta buy it. I'm gonna buy this. Yeah. All right. I don't know why I'm buying it. Uh, no, I agree with you. I, I, I think it's just listen. It's it's the hoopla behind the record. It's gonna sell, like you said. That what the, I hate is like, especially now when like comics were around and they're talking about all the stuff that, whatever's in the news about Kanye. And they're like, Kanye's a jackass. He's an asshole. His ego's out of his mind. And I'm like, have you ever listened to a Kanye album? Because if you haven't, then I can't even have this discussion. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll let you rant, but you don't know what you're talking about if you haven't at least sat down with two of his albums. Yeah. There's many classics. Yeah. So I can't even fuck with you. If, if you're just talking about, I don't, yo, Kanye, I have an interview. That all Hey, all the fans of my boy, Josh, Josh's podcast. I have a podcast called One Up Is Life, which is a reboot of the podcast, the One Epstein podcast. Look up the interview me and Peter Rosenberg have with Kanye West. We got him for a short time and we were asking him the most hip hop nerd questions. This is when he was leaving Nike before he had the Yeezy deal with Adidas and he was talking about he wanted to take over the fashion world. Kim Kardashian is in the room with us. Yeah, he's at Hot 97 about to talk about all this fashion stuff. We grab him, pull him in the room to get a hip hop interview. We didn't give a shit that Kim Kardashian was in the room with us. Yeah, we wanted to ask him about drum samples and being a fan of Jay Dilla. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the Kanye. That's what I'm a fan of. Kanye's music and contribution to hip hop. I don't care who he's married to. I don't care his reality shows. I have a pair of Yeezys. They don't fit right. I'm probably gonna sell them. <laughs> are they? They're not, are they comfortable shoes? Are they worth seven hundred dollars? They're they are very comfortable, but you have to go a half size up, which I didn't know. Yeah. So I have they're very tight on me. I'm going to sell them. They, I don't have the box. I'll take 200 for them. <laughs> what size? Wait, what size? Size 12. That's fuck, dude. But I don't. Yeah, but I don't care. Like, I don't care about any of that. I love his music. And that's where I stand. Dude, you got some fucking boat feet, bro. Size 12s. Yeah. You're not much taller than me, man. You got some yam yams on big? you. I mean, big? you're packing heat, aren't you? Sorry for sorry. It went the wrong way. <laughs> you know my Achilles heel is love. Love. 
of all right let's do some rapid fires oh wait one quick fact uh in the 2020 uh re-ranking of the 500 greatest albums this album skyrocketed up 336 spots to number 17 wait what in the what so they they had a 2020 list so this list that we're going off of is 2012 in 2020, they they created a new list uh, oh. with a lot more like hip hop influential people. Beyonce right. uh, helped uh, work on it. Uh, a lot of records moved. Like Aquemini went from number 500 to number like 46. Nas, oh, thank you. Nasilmatic went from number like 400 or like late 300s to number 40. And so this- I remember when you told me you did a Quemini and I was like, how could you be already be at a Quemini? That should be way up on the top of the list. Yeah. Well, this was like this is the old white person list. It's fine. Yeah. You know, not, you know, I, listen, this the list doesn't, doesn't matter mean, the order. The list doesn't mean anything. This list is about music, baby. That's all. We're, that's all we're doing. All right. Here we go. Rapid questions. Then we're done. All right. Favorite song on the record. Uh, yeah. I would say I'm so appalled. Okay. Least yeah. favorite song on the record. Oh, the one, uh, no offense, the, the Bon Iver one. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> um, best beat on the record. Ooh, best beat. For me, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Hell of a Life. Okay. Hell of a Life. Because I, cause I want to see it, you know, like I said, played. Kanye's best verse on this record. Oh man, that's impossible. Um, damn, did I know you were gonna ask these? <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of throwing this one out. It's not written. Best verse. I don't know. I, that one I can't answer. Okay. Uh, no, what, no, no. I won't answer it. I respect that. <laughs> what song on this record would you fuck to? Ooh. Well, uh, I need more. Is there more scenario? You're with your wife. What kind of girl? Wife. My wife. Yeah. Ugh. This is normal sex. Or no make believe stuff, dude. This oh, is devil. All... Devil in a blue dress. Devil in a blue dress. I'm yeah, uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's soulful. That's some soulful fucking. You know what I mean? I'm power, dude. I'm coming out like power. <laughs> uh, <hey>! I'm wearing <laughs> a fucking dashiki and I just like have a string. I pull the string. The shroud falls off of no, me. Power is. I never had a threesome. <laughs> Yeah, power um, threesome song, dude. So power is like my first threesome is like. <laughs> I'm living in the 20s. Then it's all right. all right. Uh, what era is your favorite Kanye? My favorite Kanye. I'm gonna say the first three albums, but then I'll. But then if I had to jump to Yeezus, Yeezus and Watch the Throne. To me, are incredible, incredible albums. Well, this is, I, he was. I think not to go off of what you're saying. This is why I, even though I'm not a huge Kanye West fan, this is why I respect him more than anything. Because my favorite artists are the Beatles, Radiohead, Miles Davis. Uh, I love when you start here and you've yeah. ended all oh. the way over there. Because Migos, oh, Migos is yeah. making the same record they've made since yeah. the jump. Yeah. Kanye's not. No, Kanye in that in that list you said Radiohead, Beatles, um, uh, what, what else? Did you Miles say? Davis. 
Miles Davis, Kanye will be in that grouping. Hundred percent, sure. Hundred percent. We're living, and he's he's uh, uh, Kanye is our modern day Picasso. We're like Picasso was one of the few artists that was famous while he was alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but but now, he's you know, he's dead and his art is like like Kanye will be in because people won't rem, people won't know about all the little bullshit that we got to deal with with Kanye. It's going to be his works of art that will live on forever. I think they're going to remember, yeah. though, the uh, the MAGA hat uh, Kanye. Bro, come on. Bro. I think they're going to. I, I when I one thing I don't do is listen to musicians, <laughs> political points, bro. I don't care what you think about politics. But but Just I mean, this out. do you have it? Do you have an opinion on him wearing the MAGA hat and sitting no. with Donald Trump? He's at a, all? he's a he's a he's a he's a uh, uh, he shoots for the attack. Jay-Z, when when he got down with Trump, he wasn't messing with Jay-Z. They had drama. Jay-Z is friends with Obama. Kanye's like. Jay can't be the only rapper that's friends with a president. I need to be friends with a president. And also he was trying to get um, some people out of jail and the president can get people out of jail. He was trying to get Larry Hoover out of jail. Bro. I, no, and I respect that. I respect that 100 percent. But it's like Obama's like universally loved unless you're a Republican and then you hate his he hate his guts. But Trump is like. Fucking, I mean, that's and that's also like when, like, when Trump was like that in the thick of it, when Kanye popped up, that was like the most hated Trump. Yeah, of course. In the thick of it, hold on, he's one of the most polarizing figures of all time. Yeah, that's Absolutely. not. That's not. He's not a regular. Yeah. Like, look, we can hate Bush, but no one hated a president the way but that liberals hated Trump. You're thinking of it after the fact of what we all know now. But if you're if you the guy you look up to is friends with a president and you also want to be friends with a president, you just go be friends with the president as best you can. OK, not you're looking at it like is there also the same reason why how I understand Trump. I don't say I like him. I don't agree with him at all. I understand him. He talks like a New Yorker. Yeah. And and those people that love him don't even understand half the shit he's saying as a New Yorker would. When he said, when Trump said, just drink the, the Lysol. As a New Yorker, he was saying, hey, scientists, I don't know what the fuck's in Lysol, but take it out of there and make medicine out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to know how a New Yorker. To hey, yo. Get the fuck out of here. Just use some Lysol. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. What's in Lysol that's killing COVID? Get it, use that. And I, and politically, it's a mess to the to a message to the country. Yeah, it's horrible. But as a New Yorker, I go, I get what he's saying. Okay, no, I understand it. Okay, yeah, you that, you really put it in a perfect perspective after living here it. for a few months. I'm like, no, nah, that makes perfect sense, dude. That yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, you live here now. You know what it is. Still batshit though. All right, Bro, I did a show. Go well, one more thing, I did a show last night. The whole audience was woke whiteies. Oh fuck! Except one guy, a union. Brooklyn Union guy that works for the city. He was the only one laughing at all of my jokes. <laughs> all the white wokies were like, oh, this is offensive. This is offensive. <laughs> and that one guy who definitely voted for Trump yeah. was like, this guy's funny as fuck, man. <laughs> this guy's good. I like this. What's his name? I like this guy. Oh, I love it. No, you're right. You're 100% right. All right, last question. Why, okay. should, why should the younger generation listen to this record? 
man, uh, this all man, all your favorite artists, Kid Cudi, Little Wayne, uh, Travis Scott, influenced by this guy, uh, 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 motivated by this guy. And it's a it's a. Everything nowadays is singles. Everything is fast singles. TikTok dances. What's the hottest song right now? Can Migos put out a hundred songs today? Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. But there's a couple of moments where you gotta slow down. You gotta put in that Kendrick. You gotta put in that J Cole. You gotta put in that Kanye. Where you sit down and have an experience with music, and it's like it's like musical meditation. Mm-hmm. Everything like we move, uh, yo, bro. Every, with the trends and everything moving so fast, you gotta slow down. You gotta put some balance. And if you want to put balance, this is the perfect thing to listen to. Where you put headphones on and you rock it all the way through. Yeah. And it'll give you, it'll calm you down. It'll give you some perspective. Not everything is hashtag hashtag right now, 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 now. Give it a let it breathe. Let some things breathe. Take a drive. My favorite thing ever was when CDs came out, I would buy and I would take a drive and listen to the whole thing. Take a drive with this album. 100%. I can't agree with you more. Uh, dude, this was great. Uh, promote away. Anything you want to promote? You, oh, man, I forgot. You never promote at the end. You promote in the beginning. Uh, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Cypher Sounds. I'm very famous in New York. I used to be a very popular DJ. I still am. But I love stand-up comedy, and I want to be good at it, and I want to be successful at it. So I would like you to follow me on Instagram, at Cypher Sounds. Um, you'll see all my little comedy clips I have on there. Also, you'll see shows I'm promoting. Come out. Come to a show. I'm not asking for anything big. Come to a show. Check me out. Put me in your list of comics that you love, because I had a late start. I was I was very famous in another, in another genre, and now I got to catch up to these young TikTok pricks. Yeah. So do me a favor. Just follow me at Cypher Sounds. That's the handle on everything. C-I-P-H-A. And help me become uh, your third favorite comic. I don't want first. Second, third, fourth. Put me in your top ten. Top ten's help good. Help me get in your top ten. Top ten's solid. Top ten, top ten is Damn. solid. Um, Thank you. Dude, you're great, man. Uh, I, I love you, man. You, Thank you for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Cypher Sounds. Uh, for all social media outings, go to at Cypher Sounds. For all things Cypher, go to his website, CypherSounds.com. Make sure you check out his podcast, Juan Ep is Life. And that's with Peter Rosenberg and Talk Clearlier. This is so hard to say. Podcast with Will Sylvans. And you can find all of that on his website, cyphersounds.com. I want to give a listener shout out to my main man, at NotoriousRGA on Twitter. That's my dude, Roger. I love you. Uh, Keep following along. You're my homie for life, at NotoriousRGA. Police Army, show him some love. All right, we just listened to Kanye West from 2010. We got Charles Hamilton for new music. This dude's from Harlem. He's been listening to NXL Magazine. XXL Magazine, worked for Interscope, member of Lupe Fiasco's Hip Hop Collective. This dude uh, cites Kanye as an influence, and you're listening to Egyptian Tomb, something made in May of 2020. 
And you can find all the links on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you want your music played on the podcast, send us your song to 500podcasts at gmail.com. Next week is Dire Straits Week. There's some F-bombs in that. I didn't even realize that. Also, I didn't know Sting was singing backup in You Got the Movies, Ba-Doo-Ba-Deebas. Next week, it's Brothers in Arms, 1985. Uh, do your homework. Stay placey. Mama needs to be honest about her poverty, even though I do not believe she's an honest mama. And that's just me, I'm a mama's boy, trying to make my baby mama a mama's mama. But she ain't even pregnant, I don't trust the chick I'm with, so I'm about to exit. See how mad she gets, cause she's as nasty as it gets. She has a tattoo of the eye of Horus, besides the fact she's kinda gorgeous. I call her a dime cause the head's good, like tails, damn, the bed's good, she's not good in it, or maybe me, gotta find a way to write Maybelline again, and get in her heart, vice versa, this bee has just been murdered by I, you got your own oh, stat, why you hating on not me, I. you can pay your loans back, why you hating on me, I just wanna know, why you hating on me, I ain't call you a hoe, why you hating on me, bitch we on the same team, why you hating on me, bitch we on the same team, why you hating on me, tell me I was too poor for lunch in high school And I eat my girl now like a white dude So I'm learning, giving my brain away While she's giving my pain away on 808s It bothers me, she owes me an apology Both my mama and rice The I and the S is the essence of why I'm nice I want to learn on my own though Phone home like E.T. And because of B, you can bet the whole world is gonna see me. But then again, it's J. Ten. Like last of Hamill again. And there's a J and Junior too. So make room when the rumors in the room. Move it. You got your own stack. Why you hating on me? You can pay your loans back. Why you hating on me? I just wanna know. Why you hating on me? I ain't call you a hoe. Why you hating on me? Bitch, you on the same team. Why you hating on me? Bitch, you on the same team. Why you hating on me? Tell me why you feel you wanna bring me down. I wasn't born. Keeping it fleecy for the fleece.
Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Next Chapter Podcasts.